0: All right, we're back. Week two. Uh, Lucy is still suspended. Uh, she's still on that for the month of June, uh, but we'll we'll see her uh, in a couple of weeks when she tags me out when I'm gone for July, and she will have her special guests. But today, super special guest, because it's someone that we've had a podcast with before, not just on this, Hello. but our own. We have Abu here. Hey, what's up?
1: Hey, how are you, Brett? It's been a while.
0: It has been a bit. Uh, are you ready to discuss Dune?
1: Brett, I never stop discussing Dune. That's the problem. So you bet your ass I'm ready. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, because you are apparently something of an expert, and I believe you have your own podcast about Dune.
1: That's right. My co-host Leo and I, we produce Jabar, which is the highest rated Dune podcast out there. We have a really strong group of listeners and we've built a little community around dune geekiness and yeah we are really stoked for the part two film to drop later this year we have part one film coverage on our feed we have deep dive lore stuff on our feed and we are going chapter by chapter through all six of frank herbert's books and we're currently in the middle of book four so we have a lot going on over there for anyone who's interested in dune
0: yeah, that's going to be a good time also to say that they're – it's up to you, I guess, about book spoilers. They're probably going to be book spoilers if you want to elaborate on anything because I know I mentioned before yeah. off mic that last week we had on Tracy, Miss Magitek, for the D&D Honor Among Thieves episode. She's super into D&D. She enlightened me about a lot of things. I hope you're going to do that today with Dune because I have a lot of questions too.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I think actually to sort of respect the listeners – And to honestly respect your experience with Dune, I'm going to keep this to no spoilers beyond literally where the movie ends. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't even cover the first full book. So I'm not even going to talk like book spoilers beyond that point in the book, just so you and everyone listening can experience part two later this year
0: oh as yeah no question that, yeah i didn't mean so. yeah i didn't mean spoil like the endings or spoil books ahead i just meant like in relation to if there's anything you want to elaborate on in relation yeah. to the book and to this so yes gotcha. any regular of our listeners make sure to check out those links below we'll have all of abu's links in there and for gom jabbar as i call it gom jabber when i first saw it <laughs> i was like oh and they and they name drop it in this movie but another thing that we can actually have somewhat of a breaking news you and me had this podcast called Wind's Howling that was about The Witcher. And I guess we're here to announce that it's not going to go on anymore. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, You and I had a chat recently and we sort of mutually came to the agreement. We were both sort of focusing on other things in life and I'm really busy with the aforementioned Dune podcast, which is a week-to-week production and we're ramping up production for the movie later this year. I've been running a lot before we started recording i just told you about my run today so i'm focusing on some health stuff some life stuff and some other projects so i think we both sort of came to the conclusion that we don't necessarily have the time or the passion to continue with wind howling and that would be a disservice to the podcast and to the folks who were listening to that show if we didn't bring a hundred percent so uh I, I suppose for now we are closing the door on that journey
0: I remember because I remember I got you on a call, and I said it, and I was so disappointed, though, that you wanted to end it, too, because it's one of those things where – and I relate it to when I stopped – when I quit coaching college basketball, when I left that staff. Yeah, I left it, but everyone else stayed, and the next year I went back as a fan where I was still connected, but Mm. it's like you get to be outside of it. You don't have to do the day-to-day and so in my head I was just like oh he's going to get another co-host and you know they'll mm-hmm. keep going with it and maybe I could like guest on it and then when you were like oh yeah I feel the same I was like oh damn Yeah yeah it was a really it. funny
1: call to get cuz it was like a it was like a breakup call that I totally knew was coming and yeah. if you hadn't done it I would have done it you know <laughs> you, like yeah. it was it, it was like a a pretty funny call to get because uh, going into it, I knew exactly what it was about. And I myself was honestly relieved that you were the one that pulled the yeah, trigger. Yeah, I, I know first. that. Maybe that's what it was. I was
0: like, damn, he made me do it. Why, why did he do it? It's not you, it's me. Well, actually, it is me. It is you. And then right. it is it's, me. Also me. Right. it's also it's me. It's also me to do that. Yeah, so, and, uh, yeah, for anybody that was fans of that, you know, we loved it. Um, Man, we did yep. some early fucking episodes over, like, some of the lore of Witcher 3. I remember, mm-hmm. like, I Nilfgaard was one, Scoia'tel, I think.
1: Yes, yeah, we did an early Scoia'tel lore episode. Yeah, some fun ones.
0: Damn. So, yeah, that was a blast, but you are doing what you love to do. I'm doing what I love to do. And look at this. We're still together on this. Something that's, that's right. That we both do. All right, one other thing to go over before. So, yes. members of our Patreon are going to get to nominate a movie, and we're going to vote on it. It's going to be the Patreon movie for July, and I want to run by some of these nominees by you, and you can tell sure. whether or not they want to punish us <laughs> or not. All right, so here's okay. some. Of, so here's some of the nominations: the first Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, mm. Captain America: Winter Soldier, Ooh. Snatch, Everything Everywhere All at Once, mm. Raising Arizona. Okay, so those are you know there's some solid ones in there, right? Yes, yeah. All right, how about this? How about Food Fight? I've never even heard of that. Dude, you need to look it doesn't into it. Does not
1: sound like a good movie? <laughs> you need to
0: look into this fucking movie because okay. you just look into the movie Food Fight. You'll not be disappointed. How about sure. B movie? B movie. I have seen B movie. Do you like it?
1: It's super mid, it's super like forgettable. I can only remember one scene from B movie.
0: <laughs> and I won't spoil it because
1: I'm excited for you to watch it. You no, know, I've already you're... seen it. No, I've seen oh, it. You've already it's seen Jerry it. Seinfeld.
0: Okay. Like This was the first thing that Jerry Seinfeld did after ending the show Seinfeld. And I remember being like, fucking bee movie?
1: Wow, yeah. All I remember is that plane scene where all the bees are helping the plane land. You Do you remember that at the end?
0: I really don't. <laughs> I just remember that woman wanting to fuck that bee.
1: <laughs> yes, that also.
0: And it being like... <laughs> Okay. That movie I kinda want to get, but I don't know. We're gonna draw this at random. Uh how about Batman and Robin? Good God.
1: I mean I, I have not seen any Batman I, before the Chris oh, Nolan ones, wow. honestly. Okay. But, uh, that might maybe ages me a little bit.
0: It it does. It does, and now I've been aged as well. <laughs> um and then the weatherman.
1: Okay. I don't know that one either.
0: I haven't seen it is Nicholas Cage.
1: Oh okay. Thank yeah,
0: you. and okay, so those are some of the nominees right there. We're going to draw that out of a hat. So if anybody out there listening is not in the Discord and you're not in Discord, God bless you for not being online like that. Send us a message <laughs> or if anybody now joins, we're going to draw this probably in about a week or so and we'll record that for the July episode uh and we will see what we get. Uh so with that out of the way, I think we've already covered everything beforehand. Let's mm-hmm. get into Dune. 2021, yes. part one, directed by Denis Villeneuve. That's right. We start out here with this woman telling a portion of her people. There was a lot of exposition here at the front. I'll admit, I was getting overloaded like <laughs> at the beginning. I, I kind of was. The movie didn't really... I'm kind of torn between when I get exposed to a lot of exposition like that. But the movie didn't yeah. really pick up for me until they start. They landed on Arrakis and really started going out. Then I was kind of hooked in it. But the first like 20, 30 minutes... It was just boom, 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 boom.
1: Yeah. And that's actually quite a big portion of the movie also, right? Because I don't land on Arrakis for like 30, 45. I don't remember the exact runtime, but it's like a two and a half hour long movie. And the first like 40 minutes of it is not on the desert planet that the whole story takes place on.
0: I think I would get a lot more out of it if I went back and watched it now, like the first 20, 30 minutes, knowing yes, the definitely. people they say, knowing the type. But it wasn't too much. And, yes, this desert planet, Arrakis, this woman, Shani, played by – it's Zendaya, right? It's not Zendaya. That's right. Zendaya, okay. Zendaya. Zendaya, who is a Freeman or Fremen – not Freeman, not Freeman, <laughs> but Fremen. I was like, okay, what are they, what are they, what are they doing there? The, Fre, the Fremen – I'm going to say Freeman, so I'm sorry in advance. Uh She explains that since before the planet was born, they've been ruled by the uh, Harkonians. Harkonins. Harkonins. Harkonins, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Pronunciation want to say that. is rough in Dune, but you're, yes, you're it doing is, a good But job. I knew Harkon, I don't want to say Harkonnens. Harkonins who have grown enormously rich harvesting this psychedelic substance known as a spice. Right. The spice.
1: Uh spice is like the colloquial term, um, but the actual term for the substance itself is melange.
0: Melange. Okay. I right. think they might have said that at the very beginning and then never said it again.
1: Right. It's just referred to as spice most commonly.
0: We're just smart. There's something. Is there a game or something called Dune Spice Wars?
1: Yes, there is. So it's an early access. That's so funny you bring that up. I kid you not. I was literally playing it a little earlier today, <laughs> like just
0: before the just before the show.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is a. It's an early access. It's a strategy game. So if you're into like Command and Conquer, oh, it's like real time strategy. Real time strategy. Oh, yeah. Shit,
0: those still uh, exist. eh? They're I know, right? Those. It
1: feels like a dead genre, but yeah, uh, yeah. Dune Spice Wars, Uh, it's not officially released yet, but you can buy it in early access on Steam and play it as they are still in development on it.
0: I take it you like it.
1: I like it, yeah. I mean, I grew up playing a lot of RTS games, and so this was very much in my wheelhouse. And it still feels unfinished, right? It's still like the bare-bones idea of an RTS game, and they got to add some layers of complexity. You know, as a Dune fan, it is kind of geeky and fun to play as some of my favorite characters and Manage some of my armies on Arrakis.
0: Man, all my favorite characters in this movie got killed. (laughs) I was so – because here's what I knew about this movie. I should have said this before. I've jokingly said the only thing I've known about this movie was a big worm, and that is it, just Mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. memes and seeing some things. Uh, I knew Timothy Chalamet was in it. And I knew Zendaya was in it. I didn't know anybody else that was in Really? This no. So when I see. Oscar I, Isaac, you had no idea? Oh, and Oscar Isaac popped up. I'm like, hell yes. He's in this okay, movie. And yeah. then Jason Momoa. And then Josh fucking Brolin. I'm Josh like, Brolin? oh, yes this fucking rolling. It's a
1: stacked cast.
0: Yeah, but two of those three motherfuckers die. And Josh Brolin's not dead, right? G- Gun... Gurney. Gurney, Gurney Halleck.
1: Yeah. He, um, he's still alive, a, right? He may or may not be alive. Okay, we don't know. We don't know.
0: Okay, well, God damn it, because Oscar Isaac and Jason Momoa die. And I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> I literally was so excited when they were there. Yeah. All right, uh, putting the cart for the horse here. So the, fre- the Fremen have been trying to expel these Harkonnens, but to no avail. <laughs> but recently, this emperor, and I'm glad that this emperor was not in it, and they don't say anymore, because as soon as I see that name, I want to say Saddam. Right, not Saddam. Shaddam. Shaddam, yeah, but I look at him like, Saddam, oh, no. Yeah, has ordered the Harkonnens to leave Arrakis, and then she's like, oh, who are our new rulers going to be? Who's going to oppress us? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. so they're getting that in. Fremen oppressing. Okay, we're getting this very with spice. Very imperialistic, colonial connotations yes. here.
1: And it's pretty well known that spice is Frank Herbert's analogy for oil, basically, okay. oil in the Middle yeah. East. So that's that's where you sort of get the – The Fremen culture, which is very Arabic-based in a desert planet, have a very powerful resource that everybody covets and and so on and so forth. So you can make a lot of connections there once you realize that spice is basically oil in the Middle East.
0: Because that was something I was going to bring up too is this seems like super – I don't even – I don't know if I want to say it's necessarily Arabic or Islamic. But I get like that feel off of both of them. It's not just the sand; it's the way they're dressing. You get. Yes. It seemed like some of them at times were almost like praying in a manner similar to it. But yes. that might have just been me jumping to that conclusion.
1: No, you're you're absolutely correct. There's literally a scene in the movie where people are like sort of bowing down yeah. in, in the same way that Muslim people will pray at a mosque, and that's intentional. Yes, yeah. Frank Herbert straight up takes like Islamic terminology and Islamic rituals and incorporates them he switches them up a little bit right so it's not one for one but he is very much pulling from arabic history and islamic religious history when it comes to the culture of arrakis and in particular the culture of the fremen for sure so uh, i'm glad you picked up on that
0: oh yeah for sure and def- Well, you know the history i couldn't like not <laughs> especially in that sense and obviously 20th century too if it's oil and it's very clear yes And what's his face? Oh, fucking Javier Bardem. He showed up too. Thank God he's still around. Please don't die in part two. (laughs) I was worried that fucking at the end of this that Jessica was going to kill him. I'm like, if he dies, I go, I might just bail. If they kill everybody, (laughs) all these actors who I like. But he comes in and says, hey, take your fucking oil. Take your spice. Don't bother us. Don't come looking for us. Just do what you got to do and get away. And it's like, okay, it's very much saying. Like, we can't stop you, but just leave us alone, please.
1: Right, exactly. Or at least don't oppress us as much as the Ar- Harkonnens did, right? Like, if, yeah. if you, Atreides, are supposedly the honorable ones, then show us some of that honor and come and mine your spice and don't fuck with us. Leave us alone. Ta- leave yeah, us alone.
0: Oscar Isaac, so much. So
1: good. Such I a good artist. I don't film. think
0: that Metal Gear movie is ever going to happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just not.
0: I When finally that dude got attached to it, the director's name's escaping me. The guy did Godzilla. And when Oscar Isaac got attached to it, I'm like, "Okay, maybe this will happen. It's like that's not it's not going to happen
1: right, right. It's no, not. I feel the same. uh you bringing it up just now is maybe the first I've heard of it in years so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe though, I do have hope that the last of us has given a lot of people to be like, "Hey, you can adapt a video game, yes, and it can be the biggest fucking show in the world, so maybe totally maybe, maybe that'll do it, maybe yeah. not I, don't know. I mean
1: we're, we are living in the era of Video game adaptations, right? Super Mario Brothers. Yes. Rumors that Zelda's being adapted. We obviously have The Last of Us. So we, I mean, Netflix is making a Gears of War movie. So we live in the era of video game adaptations. Yeah, I think people Gear are realizing you can you can create a good video game and adaptation. do it faithfully.
0: Yes, like they did. But that first Metal Gear Solid, the first one, to me is so because it's a confined place. It's not gonna be expensive. It's a tiny cast. You don't have extras outside of mm-hmm. people like mass soldiers who don't mm-hmm. say anything. You don't pay. I don't know. It seems like the perfect thing to be able to do like an eight episode series, but again, wishful. But nothing I want ever happens anyway. So maybe I should just stop caring. All right, here we go. on right, on the planet Kaladin, Paul Atreides. Is that he say it right? Atreides. Atreides. Right. Atreides. For some reason, all these are in my head fine, and now I'm saying them, and now they don't yeah. – I'm yeah, not going yeah, to yeah. the same. Atreides. Atreides nuts. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> played by Timothy Chalamet. Yep. Uh, he's eating breakfast with his mother, Lady Jessica, played by Rebecca Ferguson, who is not a wife. She's a consort?
1: She's a – yeah, the book sort of switches between calling her a consort and a concubine, which is a bit more problematic. But yeah, basically – Duke Leto, because he's such a powerful Duke, he's the head of one of the strongest houses in the Empire, right? He is intentionally not getting married so that he has that political power of, oh, well, he's an eligible Duke. Maybe he can make an alliance if he needs to. So he's keeping the door open for a political alliance marriage, even though he genuinely loves Lady Jessica, has been with her for many years, and has a son with her. So... For all intents and purposes, they love each other. They're a couple, but since he is such a powerful duke, he has to keep the political door open a little bit.
0: How progressive that he can <laughs> just have a and a consort. That's the thing. I know it was Camilla. Now Queen Camilla. At first, she was going to be Queen Consort. I and mean, this is the United Kingdom Queen. You know mm-hmm. Charles III and all that. But then they took it off because it's just like, oh yeah, even a consort nowadays. It's you know, it can't be like a queen. You just have to be the Queen Consort, mm-hmm. which is again all that goofiness. So she's trying to teach her son this special powers of her order, and it's kind of like a Jedi mind control, Yeah, and you can move yeah. – s- or you can – you can't move things. You can just no. control people's minds.
1: Yes, you can. It's I wouldn't even say control. Like even that is too strong a word. It's more of a very aggressive form of persuasion. Uh, and borderline. Okay, that sounds like a very long
0: way to say control. Because <laughs> when she con- when she tells that dude controls that guy to cut her ropes later on and yeah, kill that yeah, yeah, guy, yeah. persuasion can- making someone do <laughs> was it? all oh, what was that in Phantom Menace? The um oh no, Anakin the something aggressive pers- aggressive negotiations aggressive negotiations.
1: There you go. Right, the more polite way of persuading saying it. persuading aggressive yeah.
0: negotiations, forcing by mind whatever yeah okay
1: but but i'm I'm glad you picked up on the jedi mind trick aspect of it because it's also very clear that a lot of star wars and a lot of george lucas's work is directly inspired by dune so you can see a lot of uh similar aspects in those universes as well right desert planet chosen one jedi okay trick, when did like the book come out? so the first Dune book i believe came out in 1964
0: oh wow i might i might
1: be off a couple of years in the that, 60s but okay. in the 60s yeah wow yeah and of course star wars didn't come out until a couple decades later so dune in many ways is like a seminal sci-fi work that has inspired many other sci-fi in the following decades during like the sci-fi boom of the 70s and 80s and uh yeah you, you can draw a lot of connections to dune Desert planets, sandworms, all of those are like iconic imagery that a lot of sci-fi. Oh brought.
0: yeah, the starlek. The Sarlacc. <laughs> Yeah, there the you Sa- go. yeah, there you go. Yeah, because I've always heard. I mean, everyone's heard. Yeah, because I know Star Wars was '77. Everyone's always heard of like the Kurosawa, the samurai movies, uh, Hidden Fortress, of course. i Have yep. done all that, but yeah, I don't think I've ever heard Dune. Yep. Before.
1: Okay. Yeah, A lot, That's, a lot that... of ideas to come from Dune as well.
0: That George Lucas did he think of anything on his? <laughs> God damn it, George. All right, so Lady Jessica test ball by having him try to compel her, persuade a glass of water.
1: He's mm-hmm. only partially
0: successful he learns about spice. And he say he means we. I do love that he's watching these David Attenborough-esque documentaries yes. about this. Is a yeah. very easy way because oh he needs to learn, but that is clearly aimed at us, the viewer. And it's says mm-hmm. spice is the most valuable asset in the universe and needed for interstellar travel. Did that part make sense to you? that they needed spice for interstellar travel. For
1: interstellar travel? Like that connection is clear
0: enough. What do you mean connection? Is like, like that thinking it at something?
1: No, I, I guess there's just there's just a lot of like weird nerdy lore behind why it's needed for travel. Like the spice doesn't power the spaceships or anything?
0: Oh no, I didn't whatever. Sure. It powers yeah, it, yeah. it it persuades it, it, it. I don't care. I don't know. I
1: right, right. <laughs> uh, I mean like, like the TLDR version of it is that basically the pilots of the spaceships take a bunch of spice and go into like a trance. They get high basically. And this trance lets them look a few minutes into the future. Yeah. And so then they can fly the ship at faster than speed light because then they won't crash into a planet. They can predict where the ship will go.
0: Okay. That I did not pick up on, but I did pick up on that. Paul is this order that we'll get to. It's someone that can see into like the future in the past. Correct. Okay. Okay. I did pick up on that, but no. By by this time here, I'm like, there's a lot of shit going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're you not know. even to Iraqis yet. No, oh no. <laughs> all
0: I again in my head is just like, doom. Okay, spice equals travel. Okay, that's yeah. all I need to know. That's Basically, asset. all you yeah. need to know. Yeah. It's yeah. oil, goddammit. it. That's all I need <laughs> to know. All right, so Leto is Leto, Leto. Uh, Leto. Leto, not Jared Leto. There you go. Leto. <laughs> it. Tra- I can't fucking say these in a trade. It. it atreides 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 almost things like greek atreides here (laughs) uh you know what he's oscar fucking isaac now that's Um, right that's right uh played by oscar isaac again we've gone over him uh along with the soldier and i keep wanting to say Gunray here but it's gurney halleck josh fucking brolin my man love him and everything thanos thanos well not that but uh, (laughs) (laughs) no country for old men and all that other stuff uh, and Mentat, I'll admit, when I saw this, I was like, did they misspell Mentor? But no, Mentat nope. uh, thweir Hawat, played by Stephen McKinley Henderson, who I've seen, who I recognize like crazy, but I can't put him in anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's in a bunch of things. What is a Mentat?
1: Wow, that is a heavy question. But well, That's why you're uh, here. <laughs> let, me, let, let me give you like the TLDR version. Okay. Uh, basically, Dune takes place so far in the future. Uh, that at one point in human history, humanity turned against technology and decided that things like near artificial intelligence or even super advanced computers were too dangerous to continue to exist. So that's why, like, you don't see a lot of advanced tech or weaponry in the dune universe like they're literally using swords
0: i was gonna ask like wait where are the guns
1: no guns right because everyone's got shields and the way dune technology is set up is that if a laser hits a shield it causes a nuclear reaction so shields shields have basically negated the whole point of guns because a bullet is going too fast to penetrate it and a laser would literally make a nuke go off so, okay. They have reverted back to like hand-to-hand combat, knives, swords.
0: So if you shot a bullet, it would just
1: it would just bounce off the shield because the really? shield will block anything that's moving too fast. That's why they have to like sort of ballet oh, around darts. each other and stab each other slowly or shoot each other with darts which are slower than a slow
0: bullet. that hit and kind of like still and then try it vibrates to hit... oh. and then yep.
1: Exactly, exactly. So all, all of that is to say meant to, so advanced computers are banned in this universe. You can't have like a fucking MacBook Pro or whatever. In its place, humans have been trained to think like computers, to think very logically, to do large scale computations. And that is what a Mentat is. If you graduate from the Mentat school, you have the skills to compute like a computer can. So he's like fucking
0: Spock out here.
1: Exactly, it's Spock essentially. And there's that one scene where Oscar Isaac is like, How much did it cost the emperor to send this messenger? And you can see Stephen McKinley's eyes, Dufier's eyes, like roll into his it's head wrong. as he calculates. <laughs> the calculations. Yep. And he, he runs the calculations and then he answers. So oh, th- that's, that's the role funny. that Mentats play. They are the walking, talking human computers in a world where computers are banned.
0: That makes sense. So in a world where computers are banned, Super smart pilots get high as a kite,
1: feed
0: <laughs> yes. through time and space, enter the fourth dimension right. to fly the ship and fly a ship at light speed. Yep. OK, I like it. Definitely, uh, definitely nothing I've ever seen from a right. uh, an IP right? before. There you go. Right.
1: A, a different kind of sci fi for sure.
0: Completely different for sure. All right, so they receive this Imperial envoy who formalizes the awarding of Arrakis to House Isaac. And so right. they just kind of get it. Like they said, this fief was given to him. Just why was it given to him? I thought I might have.
1: When Leto is talking to Paul a little bit later at the grave scene, at the Eutraides grave site, he mentions, we are a very powerful house. And a lot of the other houses look up to us. And the emperor is getting jealous. And so this gift, which is not a gift, which the baron says later as well. Is that the emperor is like, hey, you want Arrakis? You can have Arrakis. I'll take it away from your bitter rival, the Harkonnens. He's basically stoking the flames. Oh, that's right. Of Arra- a war yeah, yeah, to yeah, happen. that's right.
0: And they, they kind of knew that. Right. Okay.
1: Yep. So the yeah. the emperor is basically like giving the Atreides this quote-unquote gift, but it's just a trap to try and take out the Atreides because he's starting to get jealous of their growing political influence. It's yeah, as we see starting later. starting to threaten his throne.
0: As we see later, they kind of double-cross. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it says right there, yeah. The emperor fears his growing political power, popularity of these noble houses. He sees it's right. a trap, but can't refuse. Paul comes across his friend, and is this a real name, Duncan Idaho? This is a
1: real ass name. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> Leto
0: Atreides. Well, I guess Paul and Jessica are fine. Duncan. Idaho. Duncan,
1: Idaho. That's right.
0: Is there a story behind that name?
1: There is no story behind that name. That is simply his name.
0: Did he (laughs) walk? Well, no, this was way before I was like, did you watch point break and see Johnny Utah? And it was like, he's have holding like a coffee cup. He's was like, Duncan. Hey, I'm from Idaho. (gasps) Duncan, Idaho. But no, this was back in the sixties. But Jason Momoa is here. Yeah. Perfect role for him. This is the role. I don't know. I've never seen Aquaman or something like that. I've heard he's good. Actually, I heard it's he's in Fast Ten too.
1: Oh, is he? Uh, I, haven't I haven't seen, seen it. I've Fast just heard 10. Yeah, I've heard um, he like. But I've seen show. Aquaman, and he he's genuinely the one of the better parts of Aquaman for sure. Yeah. He carries a lot of the movie.
0: Yeah. So I guess yeah. I guess talking at both sides. I don't know. Someone like him, it seems like this is it to do. He's very charismatic. He's got that smile working. He's stupid yeah, handsome. Yeah, the swagger. He's got that swagger. He's a badass, as yeah. we see. Uh, but he wants to, Paul wants him to take him along when he goes to, Zora- uh, goes to Arrakis to scout things out. But he says, LOL, no. Right. Like, right. No. You're the, uh, dauphin, if you will, <laughs> if, in that sense. Cause he's the heir. That's, you should say that too. Paul is the heir. Right. To right. This, uh, duchy. He's a duke, right? They said, yes. Yeah. Duke, the, yeah.
1: It, it's, um, Dukes and barons usually own like a planet. So if you are the leader of a great house, you're either like a baron, like Baron Harkonnen, and you own a planet, um, or you're a duke, like Duke Atreides. That's usually the title given to a head of household.
0: See, that's what's weird also in the sense of, again, like real history. You'd have a duchy that would be like over a region, which would be like yeah. multiple baronies. Like a duke is above a baron in the traditional sense, usually like a France or something like that medieval. Mm, okay. Duke and duchess is only second to the king. And you yeah. kind of go down from that. You have a count of a county, then you have a baron of a barony. And so duke is much higher than what a baron huh. would be in like real life.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Now, as far as I know, the sort of power tree of Dune is very simple. It just goes emperor and then dukes and barons and then all of their attendants. I wonder
0: why they'd them. be different though, you know?
1: I don't know. I, I think, honestly, it probably just came down to Frank Herbert being like, baron sounds more bad guy for the yeah, bad guy. I, yeah. Like, well, we can't, <laughs> well,
0: there's only one duke. We can't have two dukes right, in this right. big story exactly. uh, to do. So Paul discusses that he wants to go to Ruckus early, but – Leto refuses, saying he needs Paul by his side. He's definitely training him here, wants him to sit on his council here. And he talks about this conflict of House Harkonnen and Atreides. God damn it. I'm not going to get that down. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. Everybody who's like new is just like, this motherfucker cannot say these words. I used up all my pronunciations in the D&D episode uh, last week. That's my bad. But Leto intends to strike an alliance with the Fremen Mm -hmm. in order to harness their desert power, which we keep seeing time and time again, uh, to outwit the Emperor's plan that he sees coming a mile away.
1: And that's sort of the gambit. That's Leto's gambit here is we know this is a trap. We know the Emperor is trying to get us, and the only way out of this trap is to convince the Fremen who the Harkonnens oppress and we won't oppress – convince them to get into an alliance with us and use their power to fight back. It's a a big gamble that he's taking because no one else in the Empire has ever allied with the Fremen before. As far as anyone in the Empire knows, the Fremen are just a bunch of desert savages that no one cares about.
0: Yeah, I kept waiting for someone to say uncivilized or savages, but they didn't. So I guess that's good. Yeah. But very smart thinking, though, uh, by Leto there. All right, next up we get Gurney has this sparring session with Paul. I was going to ask about these shields, but that was kind of explained. I did think that Gurney might have been like a turncoat. I thought maybe he Mm. was kind of going to turn. I don't know, just the way. But then I think it was just a martial guy, super martial. But he seemed to, to me to be one of those, like, we can't ally with him. We need to be strong. That kind of archetype of a character.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's got a pretty traumatic past, like in the lore of Dune. Gurney was enslaved by the Harkonnens for many years. Well, never he mind. Was... He
0: definitely wouldn't turn. <laughs> never mind then. I yeah, kind of would yeah, negate yeah, yeah. that. No, if he's I knew got that. a brutal,
1: brutal past. His whole family was wiped out. Then he was enslaved. And he basically was like in Harkonnen slave pits until the Atreides attacked and raided the Harkonnens and saved him. So he, he owes his life to the Atreides. So he, he's pretty, pretty loyal.
0: Well, never mind then. That would have... (laughs) As I say, I thought maybe he was going to turn it. you. Like, well, actually, he could be the farthest person from it. Unless part two.
1: But knowing that history makes his one line in this scene, in the sparring scene, where he's like, I need to see it in your eyes, Paul. The Harkonnens, they're brutal. You know? Like, that powerful delivery means so much more once you realize, like, oh, shit, this guy was literally, like, enslaved for years by them. He has seen the worst of the Harkonnens.
0: Yeah, and he knows that... For him to lead, he needs to understand that he needs to make him strong. Right. He needs to make him right. be able to fight as evidenced by the end. He saw the end of the script. He knew he was going to have to fight one on one with a good soldier. Hey, you got to be ready. Oh, the Harkonnens. <laughs> maybe not the Harkonnens. Right. Right. Maybe, maybe here in about an hour and a half. Uh, Vladimir Harkonnen and Glosu Robin. Oh, I didn't put the name. Oh, yeah. Stellan Skarsgård and Dave Bautista. I think Dave Bautista's yeah. good. Again, a perfect role for him, a lesser one, a yes. supporting character role. He's great. He doesn't do much in this movie, though.
1: He doesn't do much in this movie, and frankly, he doesn't do much in the book either, so there's not much of a yeah. character difference here. Like the He basically does in the movie what he does in the book as well. It's a minor role.
0: I'm assuming it's going to be a lot more in part two, like that he would he's in there because he's what exactly is he? Because he's not his son. He's... he's not
1: a son, actually. He's a nephew. So the baron that's has no children. Uncle. Yes, that's right. Right. Uh, the baron has no children. So
0: I can Rabban see here why is a uh, yeah
1: <laughs> exactly. So is
0: he next to inherit? He is
1: being groomed in a sense, yeah. But Vladimir's got much grander visions for himself than just Arrakis.
0: Yeah. Um... He, he's aiming for the big seat. Okay, Vladimir, this dude, for Stellan Skarsgård, so I know he's bad because it's Stellan Skarsgård, and mm. I don't know if he's ever been a good guy in a movie. Has he ever? Maybe. Have you, he... have you seen Andor?
1: I was just about to literally bring up Andor. Okay, I haven't he... seen
0: it, but I know he's in it, but I'm like, is he a good he's guy in
1: it? actually 12 out of 10 spectacular, like give him the Emmy in it, and he is technically a good guy because he okay. is very pivotal in Getting the uh, rebellion off the ground.
0: Okay, oh, maybe he is there. Okay, uh,
1: but also he's he's sort of like a gray, morally gray area. Good guy, yeah. like he he kind of does. It's some kind like of really Andor shady... in
0: a nutshell, isn't it? It's exactly. Gray. Yeah.
1: Andor, so Andor is spectacular, but he, I
0: know we're gonna. He we're, very, uh, I'm gonna watch uh,
1: that. He's very Stellan Skarsgård about it. Like, okay, he's not a hero, I'd say for sure.
0: No, he's excellent. And I know his kid. I can't remember his kid's name. His son. uh He's in everything also. So there's a scars guard for all seasons. Yeah, they're, they're in like every single show coming out. But once I saw him in this, I was like, he's gonna be the bad guy. This is the most disgusting character. <laughs> every time he was on screen, I was just fucking grossed the little, out.
1: Little clicking, popping sounds in his dude. And yeah. he's, he's
0: eating in the once. Uh, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: he's supposed to be grotesque for sure.
0: Is he really? tall or was he just levitate i know he can levitate but he's not
1: yeah
0: was he just levitating in that one he's levitating yes okay because his robe went all the way down and i'm like is he showing how tall he is i know later on we get that he's kind of normal size but i don't know if in that moment when he levitates in front of that one guy yeah if he was if he was like fucking 20 feet or some shit
1: no I, i mean the way the book describes him and i think the movie interprets this pretty well too is that he's like so grotesque and large that he has to have these like, uh, machine suspensors, like these anti-gravity things. He has to wear them at all oh, times, that's just why so he can he's... like float around and walk around.
0: Well, it unfortunately saves his life later. I was so disappointed.
1: Yep, yeah, and that's why he floats later. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, uh, Jessica's. How do you say this, Benny?
1: Benny jesuit
0: Benny Jesuret's. Benny Jesuret, right. and this is like some kind of religious. Organization.
1: Uh, Um quasi religious. Like they it's not like they um
0: spiritual.
1: Spiritual, right. They don't have like a deity or anything like that. But it is uh basically the Jedi. It is an all female Jedi. Ah. They they have powers and they are The
0: Handmaidens that was in Fallen Order. Yes. Isn't that what they
1: were called? I think so. The Handmaiden
0: was Kotor. The Handmaiden was Kotor. What was the people in Fallen Order that on Dathomir –
1: Oh, the Night Sisters. Night
0: Sisters, there you go.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very very similar to that. And as Paul says in this scene, the Bene Gesserit are basically manipulating the strings from the shadows, right? They're they're embedding themselves in great houses and alongside the emperor and here and there, and they are uh maneuvering toward their own ends.
0: Everybody's manipulating the one. <laughs> All right. So the superior reverend mother in this name surprised me. Gaius. Gaius yep. Helen Moya. Have you ever heard of Gaius as a name? No. I have. Of a one Gaius Julius Caesar. Oh,
1: whoa. Yeah, okay. I know.
0: So when they said Gaius, I'm like, oh, the only, the, that's like Julius Caesar's like first name. Wow. Gaius Julius Caesar. I'm like, it's a woman. and Gaius. I was like. Is there something behind that? But I didn't get I didn't get anything about Julius Caesar from her in this. No, movie. no,
1: I don't think so. In in all my years of researching and, and talking about Dune, I've never really come across any theories that connect the Reverend Mother here to Julius Caesar. Interesting. Outside of clearly her first name.
0: Yeah. That's just it's just a weird to put in, especially because it was a guy's, you know, it was a male name. It wasn't you know, a Penelope or some kind of old, you know, like woman's name, a Greek name or mm-hmm. something like that. Interesting. Uh, but she arrives on Kaladin to test Paul, puts him through this test of the ganja bar. which i assuming is where you got the name from.
1: That's where we got her name from. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, so He's heard that. I was like, oh, I got a drink for that one. Uh, using this poisoned needle in a pain inflicting box to judge his character. Okay. Yeah. Like, would she have killed him? Seems like it would have repercussions to kill the heir to this powerful duchy.
1: That is actually a great question. I love that you asked that. I don't think she would have killed him, but if he had failed or succumbed or taken his hand out of the box and not been able to withstand it, I think there would have been some immediate actions taken place to uh, overthrow him in any way possible. To install some other heir because he would then not be worthy. To inherit the throne, or to inherit the dukedom of his, so father. they
0: want him to inherit the dukedom. They want him if he is the one.
1: Yeah, what well, is it's the... a? It's a okay. gamble. They okay. think he may be the one. Yeah, and this was just one of the first tests, and this test doesn't prove that he's the one, but the fact that he passed it and actually passed it in with flying colors, like no one else has. Yeah put their hand in the box for as long as Paul did right so that is an indication that he may be the one but the other signs aren't quite there yet right his dreams his visions that he's having aren't very clear and the one would have very clear visions so there's other other hints that maybe he's not the one so they're taking a gamble on him they want him to take power but it may or may not play out and they're ready to kill him or depose him if they need to
0: Alright, I can't have anything anybody asking what's in the box or something in the box without <laughs> what's in the box? Fucking seven, Brad Pitt, that movie. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's too important was like, What's in the box? Pain. Okay, what do they want? What is the one gonna do? I know we talked about they can see in the future in the past. What is the one gonna do for them that they like he's yeah. a messianic figure, clearly, but what is he gonna do? Like bring peace? or
1: yeah ba- basically the beny Gesserit's like larger goal that they've had for thousands of years as an organization is to drive humanity in the direction that they see fit
0: right? of course to, of course
1: to be the saviors and the uh, drivers of humanity's future that's what they want and for them the best way they know how to do that is if they know the past and they know the future then they can completely control and manipulate and push humanity into the vision of the future that the Bene Gesserit have. So their hope is that one day they will be able to create a being who can access both the past and the future and who is loyal and works for them. And thus through him, they will be able to complete their mission of guiding humanity ultimately because they will know everything, past, future, present. So it's a lofty goal. It seems like, they should have thought this one through a bit more, but that—that's kind of the Benny Jesuit goal: is well, we need to steer humanity into the proper future.
0: I was going to say they better land on hopefully somebody that doesn't want to abuse that power, because <laughs> as we as it's in the next thing in here, they spent hundreds of years engaged in selective breeding, and oof, that yep. makes my skin crawl. Yep. Every yep. time I hear selective breeding program mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to do it, there were a couple lines that uh, Reverend Mother Gaius drops here. Talking about dreams do come true. Goodbye, young human. I hope you live. I'm like, was that a threat? That sounds like a fucking threat. But they parted ways kind of, you know, seemed like okay. And then yeah. so much potential wasted in a male. Yeah, oh. I got a laugh in my theater. Oh, my went God, I was together. fucking cackling at that.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> she yeah.
0: chastises her for having – I guess she was commanded to have da- – she She's supposed to have daughters. And yes. she had a male. And yes. she's like, you fucking idiot. You've wasted all this on a male. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the Bene Gesserit powers is that they have full metabolic and muscular control over their bodies. And so for the women who are part of the Bene Gesserit, part of that ultimate control over their bodies is actually when they get pregnant, they are able to choose the sex of the child. Wild. And so Jessica was commanded to go to House Atreides to be Leto's partner, not his wife, but his uh, consort, and to give Leto... Not a son who will inherit the throne, but a daughter, because the Beni Gesserit want to install their own son. But now they gotta deal with Paul, so they're they're going with the flow, I guess, you know. Ah, Rolling they, with the punches of Paul being there now.
0: They gotta deal with that penis now. Oh. <laughs> Fate worse than death. Alright, so the Atreides arrive on Arrakis. Yes, finally. Um, I always watch with subtitles because I gotta have to whenever you you know doing something like this. And I just look, patriotic music plays, and yep. we get a fucking bagpiper. So I'm like, this is goddamn British Empire coming <laughs> to goddamn Egypt, yep. Saudi Arabia, yep. like they did, and just this bagpiper awesome vibes. Bagpipers going out. I love these like the armor that they have. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called. It's not it's not those still suits that they talked about that was on this planet, but just yeah. the armor looks really fucking cool.
1: Yeah. And that's a movie thing. Uh, there's no armor really ever described in the books, but this was just a creative choice on the film's part to actually have the military might of the Atreides on display. Because at the end of the day, they are a political house. And a lot of that political power comes from a big yeah. ass and very powerful army.
0: That's all, again, going back to like medieval history, which I always reign into. That's all that shit is. Right? Yep. The person's the king because all the dukes who have all the fucking. Actual soldiers say that he can be the king. Right. The claim is if you have enough soldiers to do it. The blood yep. can be cool, but if they don't want you as king, you're not going to be fucking king. Yeah. And kind of like here, you're not going to be in charge if you can't hold it, which yep. they then have to do. Uh, li- God damn it. Just say it. Listen. Lisan Al-Gaib. Listen- Lison Al-Gaib. Again, there it's in go. my head, but God damn. It. Yeah. I Lison Al-Gaib. Yes. Uh, They're chanting at him. Like, they know that he's apparently the uh, Messiah because the Bene Gesserit Mm -hmm. have already been there apparently.
1: That's right. In fact, they've been there for centuries now, and over generations they've planted the seed of a myth that one day this boy will come to your planet, and he will be your Messiah, and he will save you and bring you out of the desert.
0: Yeah, we and, get that skepticism from Paul of being yeah. like, oh, yeah. "Oh, they're just saying what they've been told. They're seeing what they've been told to see."
1: Right. Exactly.
0: All right. So we get Shadout Mapes, a housekeeper, gives, and we're gonna hear this word a lot, and we're gonna see it a Chris knife
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. made
0: from the tooth of Halud. Shai Shaihalude. Shaihalude. So that's a typo in the oh, script. Oh, that is a
1: actually. typo.
0: H yeah. H A L. Yep. Shy halud. Uh, which again is the big ass worm. I'm so glad we got to see that worm like multiple yeah. times because all I wanted uh, to see was the big worm. Yep. And uh, and we got to see it. And uh, later on, she helped stop an assassination attempt on Homeboy here. This yeah. this little dragonfly looking thing. Can't remember what the name of it was.
1: Yeah. The it's called a hunter seeker.
0: A hunter seeker. Was he? Did it like freeze him? Why couldn't he move?
1: So the hunter seeker only detects noise and movement. So. Paul intentionally was standing very still so that the hunter-seeker couldn't detect him until the moment he was ready to strike and knew for sure that he could crush it.
0: Maybe she – did she help? I guess she did help because it didn't get him.
1: She – in fact, it might be a little confusing in the movie because it's so fast, but the way it's written in the book, she actually opens the door and the hunter-seeker sees the movement and starts darting towards her.
0: Ah. And then Paul comes
1: in and crushes it and actually saves her life. Okay. So she distracts the hunter seeker, and he's able to get it.
0: No, oh, that bought her a few more days of living because she's. Yes. About to.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's about
0: it. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't get over this name, Duncan Idaho. Yep. Uh, returns from several several weeks living with the Freeman. Freeman, uh, the leader of one of these siege sieges Siech, Stilgar, Stillgar, played by Javier Bardem. Goddamn, yes, so a good. Uh, the blue eyes also were just. Was this C? This was CGI, I assume, right? Those can't be like contacts, or I anything,
1: feel like I read right? somewhere that they actually went the contact route. Uh, I'm sure. So I'm sure they bro- were enhanced, en, enhanced yeah, a little okay. bit with CGI, but uh, I think a lot of the cast did have to wear blue contacts on set.
0: Okay, yeah, I guess they would be able to do that as like enhance it more. In right, there.
1: make it like bluer than is yeah. natural. Oh, ab- for yeah, sure. oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah,
0: those stick out, really cool. Uh, and he's come to meet, uh, with Leto. Uh, I, the spitting was funny. So funny. They get upset. He's like, "Uh, thank you for giving us your valuable or whatever it was, saliva yeah. or yeah, um, your your body's moisture. Your because body's water moisture is so important in the yeah. desert. And then yeah. they just kind of spit back. And like, yes, <laughs> yes.
1: A really funny scene. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. He doesn't take any shit. Basically saying, you know. Whatever he doesn't show him the respect a Duke deserves, and Leto's like, Yeah, whatever, we don't care. Like, you know, kind of right. do your own thing. Yeah, right. Kind of saying the same thing. Take, we mentioned earlier, take whatever you want, leave us alone, don't harass us, and don't like mess with us. Leto basically says, We may have to, like, we're not going to mess with you in that sense, but we may have to go out for reasons,
1: right? And ultimately, he is the head of a powerful household, and he needs to make sure he can defend this planet when. And if that attack comes as it does a little bit later on. Yeah, it comes a little too. Yeah, it's fun to see the little bit of tap dancing diplomacy at play here because Stilgar, as the representative of the Fremen, obviously doesn't trust any outsiders. And Leto has to do his best to make sure that everyone knows he's in charge of the planet now, but also to try and build this relationship with the Fremen because that's his whole ploy here is to ally uh, ally with them and uh, work with them in a way that no one else ever has. So it's a it's a tenuous relationship.
0: I like that it also hits on that they have nothing of value to him unless it's water or getting water (laughs) or holding on to water.
1: Water, water, water.
0: Like that's it, which again would be the same thing. I'm sure that happened with early colonialization imperialism back in the 1800s and early 1900s when they went over this desert and they're like, oh, there's oil. Oh, fuck. There's a shit ton of oil. Mm-hmm. And the people were like, Yeah, we don't give do shit about oil We fucking water. And right. it's just, huh, how can we exploit this to yeah, do it? Definitely. So but they're not exploiting like I'm sure the Harkonnens did. Uh as they kind of move out, we get this temperature warning that was gonna go up to 140 degrees. At that point it was uh-huh. like ninety going to one ten. We talked about earlier that uh we both have been out in the sun running. <laughs> and uh yeah, so it's here it's been about like hundred, it's humid as shit. Um I've had some people, and I've had people in Texas also. Call it like Dallas-Fort Worth a dry heat. Dallas-Fort okay. Worth is not a dry heat, okay? Oh, it's a, it's okay. a dry heat if you're from Houston, which is a fucking <laughs> swamp. Everywhere <laughs> other than Houston is a dry heat because it's the muggiest place on the fucking planet. But I no, see. a dry heat is the desert. It's Arizona. For instance, I'm going to Tucson, Arizona next month. Like when I looked at Tucson, it was like 95 degrees. But because there's no humidity – and no moisture, it feels like 90. For instance, yesterday when I went out for about a four-mile little run and everything like that, it was 95 degrees, but because of the humidity, it felt like 105. There you go. Yes, it is. I wish it was a dry heat. I would kill for it to be a dry heat, but no, the goddamn humidity hits (laughs) us. But here just seeing this 140 degrees, it's like some fucking Arizona shit. I know when I was in Phoenix two years ago, it got up to 118. Damn, damn. Yeah, stupid. It's kind of like Arrakis. Er, no, Arrakis.
1: Arrakis, yeah. Arrakis.
0: Arrakis is the witcher, the Arrakis queen. <laughs> People her. say Arrakis, but I'll say Arrakis. So they're Arrakis. I'll just think of it like that. But either way, they're telling you it's hot as shit here. Yep. And you kind of need uh, these suits that they kind of see. And Paul puts this suit on in a certain way that shows that he's done it before. Hmm. Is he like hmm. a fucking reincarnated? I guess don't spoil it if it's not. But it's like, is he fucking like reincarnated or something like that? I'm wondering.
1: No. No, it's okay. actually nothing like that. He um knows this, or at least instinctively knows the way of the Fremen, because as we see later in the movie, he has those flash forwards almost. Like, I don't know if you're a Lost fan, but it's very akin to the same, like this flash forward of visions from the future where he has been trained by the Fremen. And so he doesn't quite know how to tap into the visions yet, right? Like how the Reverend mother was like, his visions aren't complete, but it's enough that he instinctively knows how to just kind of like put a still suit on, but he doesn't know why he knows. So That's sort of the explanation.
0: Like his feet, or he put his heels or his feet or something like that were done a certain way. And
1: yeah, yeah. I forget what they called it in the yeah. book, like slip, slip, knot, slip face or something. Slip the knot. way he, <laughs> the way he like tied his boots and his uh, socks and things. But yeah, it, it, it's something. And what's interesting, like the, Important part of this moment is that Liet Kynes is like, Oh, fuck, the vision, or sorry, oh, fuck, the prophecy said that the Messiah would know your ways. And so the fact that Paul knows how to do a still, knows how to tie a still suit fits very neatly into the prophecy and makes Liet wonder if this actually is the Messiah.
0: Okay. I was going to say, if you stumble over something, you don't got to restart. We're unfiltered here. I, <laughs> okay. I ain't editing. I, <laughs> and I only edit out like super dead air or something like that. No, that's why I, gonna... <laughs> I keep jamming through it. That's what it is. Like, you know, we're sitting down, yeah, having a little drink, sure. talking about fucking doom. But, yeah, we're introduced here to Kine and the space mining operations. They fly out. all oh, these fucking things. I forgot to mention it. Uh These little dragonfly little helicopters.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it-
0: fuck, what are they called? What did I... I didn't put oh my that on the plank I don't too. remember. Yeah, the, the, or, the ornithopters. Ornithopters. These things are fucking cool.
1: Yeah. It is such a cool design. Because the interesting thing is in the book, they're described straight up like very dragonfly-esque, right? Like it literally, yeah. it's hard to picture the way it's described in the book. And so the way that Denny and the team
0: behind it looks the movie just chose like to dragonfly. interpret
1: it. Yeah, yeah. But also very mechanical in helicopter, right? Like you look at it and you're like, yeah, that thing probably flies, but the way it's described in the book, you're like, "There's no fucking way this flies." Like, it's what it's a, like a helicopter that flaps its
0: wings. What's going on? Well, I'll admit, when I saw it, I'm like, "Okay, this is like, why does it do? Why does it need to do that?" They have, they fucking have interstellar travel. They can yeah. get a goddamn helicopter, but it looks so cool, especially when it does this little dive bomb. Yeah, oh, diving and, down, and to the do wings it. like tuck in. Yes, so I'm like, cool. you know what? I'm gonna allow this because it looks fucking cool. I don't care. We'll have fucking. Dork ass, um, what's the fucking astronomer that get the popular astronomer that gets and talks about shit N- Neil deGrasse Tyson? Neil deGrasse Tyson, his nerd ass can talk about how <laughs> it's actually not blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah. But we'll no, we'll leave that the, for now. The horn
1: adopters 10 out of 10, super cool design. I think they absolutely nailed it.
0: Yeah, looks badass. But this sand crawler, this mining vehicle, has attracted a worm, which is drawn by the rhythmic vibrations of this crawler. We saw a little bit earlier a way to walk across the sand walk, as they called it, to do it. Yep. Uh, When this uh, flying carryall fails to remove the mining vehicle, and it's just like one thing broke, and I'm like, oh, it broke. I'm like, oh, they're just fucked. But this big-ass thing only has, what did it say, 24? Yeah, 24 because they said there's going to be three extra. They're at three yes. ships, and they said, we'll worry about that later. We right. never hear about those other three, do we?
1: I think the assumption is they make it.
0: Okay. They, just kind <laughs> they of squeeze cor- them in. <laughs> someone sits on their lap. Like, yeah, just, someone right. gets to sit on a lap in there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Duke later leads a small ornithop- ornithopters, ornithopters uh, yeah. to rescue the miners. And Such a cool see- scene. Oh, we see the big ass fucking, like, straight underneath. It opens Ooh. up. You see the teeth. Ugh. And it just swallows it. And I'm like, that's a big ass sarlacc right there.
1: Sense of scale too, though, right? Like the the first time we see a worm, it's so enormous that all yeah. we see is its mouth. And even that is awe-inspiring.
0: Did anything say how long? Nothing said how big they were, did they?
1: Nothing like in the would... movie yeah. said how big they were. But in the book, it says that they get up to 400 meters
0: Jesus. in length. What do they eat normally? to fucking sustain that is like a pretty
1: hotly science, debated science question in the lore yeah don't like ask. like there is okay okay <laughs> it, it's just one of those where you have to like bend over backwards to come up with an explanation about how they like use the oxygen in the air yeah. and, and absorb the water and the of the desert to blah
0: blah blah yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, like I pulled my Neil deGrasse Tyson there being like, hey, just, just shut up. That's what you, you need to do. I've said it time and time again. I'll say it while you're here. You need to have the response that Michael Bay had to Ben Affleck when he asked him in the uh, on the set of Armageddon about training, you know, whether you train oil drillers or astronauts. He just goes, shut the fuck up, Ben. <laughs> right there in the ass stage, you're like, shut the fuck up, Brett." <laughs> go, oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, Paul. There's a ton of visions coming in. Paul's hit with his vision, like he gets hit with the spice. Actually, right? Is that yes. what it was? Okay. Yep. Ton of spice hits him. He gets this vision, and Gurney saves him before this kind of worm is revealed. Right. Uh, yeah. All these visions kind of come about, and they tend to come true. I, I they talked about whether they come true or not, but the one about uh Duncan. Uh, about Duncan does not come through come true because he said he saw him fighting with them yeah. and then dies and he doesn't fight with them. He fights against them kind of with the sand.
1: And, it, and it's slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. He, he also has visions later in the movie with Jameis, the Fremen guy. And in the visions, Jameis is like his friend yeah, and his right. mentor, yeah. but obviously yeah, Jameis like literally out. tries to kill him at he the end of the movie. Him. So okay. yeah. So the visions like this is, telling the viewer that the visions are unreliable and it's trained. It's also telling Paul the visions are unreliable unreliable. and, you know, very classic Anakin visions, unreliable sort of story trope. But that that's the important takeaway there is yes, he has visions. They don't necessarily always come true in that exact same way. Parts of it may be true, but other situations might change.
0: Okay. And like a a lot of young men, he has visions and dreams of Zendaya. (laughs) same hopefully not like a lot of young men getting stabbed <laughs> hopefully that doesn't come.
1: well it depends what you're into <laughs> nah, ooh,
0: that's true it's to, no step on me not stab me it's just dying words put it on my tombstone uh we get this oh my god uh this harkonnen battle plans it looks they're about to go invade Mm -hmm. With help from the Empire, we get that very clear right here. Yes. Is this like a ritualistic sacrifice or bloodletting? Because this seems very Viking themed.
1: It it is very Viking, and I'm glad you picked up on that as well, because the Sardaukar, the Empire's elite soldiers, are very Viking-esque for sure. Uh, I... Frankly, I don't know what this scene is because this scene doesn't exist in the book. This is a movie choice to include this scene of the bloodletting, and it's some sort of creative choice from the filmmakers to just sort of show the brutality of this elite fighting
0: force. To show that they're the bad guys.
1: And that, yeah.
0: (laughs) They're the bad guys, people. They don't want to make it. Well, here's the thing. I say that, and how many people are like, oh, man, they're badass, or like Mm -hmm. some some fucking Norse, Mm -hmm. which can be very troubling whenever someone tells me they're into Nordic. Cult, like Norse culture and Viking culture, I'm always uh-huh. like, I'm always uh-huh. like, why, why? It's like one... check
1: out my Odin
0: tat. Te- if Odin if te- te- they ever go check out this tat, I'm like, oh, Nazi, <laughs> Nazi alert, Nazi alert, Nazi <laughs> alert! Like instant, don't show me your fucking Nordic runes, because I'm gonna yeah. be like, it
1: sounds like a little bit, a little bit in that sense. But right. yeah, I
0: think it was, I don't know, it was Viking history and like the storiosity of it is a lot like ancient Greek. Where it's on like stories and it's sagas and it's tales and it's mm-hmm. scalds and it's not actual like history. And so right. we right. can't really fucking take. it's like the fucking Trojan War and shit. It's yeah. like that was written down. Do we straight believe it because it was it? And it's like, well, there's nothing really else to back it up. A lot of that Norse shit is the same too. I don't know if it was like Harold Fairhair or Harold Bloodaxe or Shit. I always get them names. It's always like Harold and a bunch of other names, and it's like fair hair, yeah. blood axe, or something red. It's one of those that I think was like attributed to it. But again, I don't think there's any like the historiography, there's like nothing to like back it up. Mm. So it's just yeah. a fun story, I guess you can say, kind of like the Trojan War. Right. But these are the bad guys. I've got that down now. Uh Leto awaits awakes at night and finds Mape stabbed to death, and he's shot Uh-oh. with his paralytic dart. And I guess he couldn't like. Reach and grab it. Is that what it is? Can you like move it when it's like in your armor?
1: Um, I mean, I I think there is a bit of drama at play. Like I think the actual scene plays out much faster than, but like we need to see the darts making its way through the shield.
0: Because you see the blue Um, and then you see the red. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So it's blue, it's pushing against the shield. And then when it finally penetrates, it turns red. Uh, I think that happens in the blink of an eye, but just so the viewer can comprehend it.
0: So we, we had to get get some it. extra shots in there, I expect darts should be a big thing. They should have like blow dart, yep or the Fremen
1: do oh okay in, in the in the books the fremen use darts they like bow and arrows not bow and not bows and arrows, but they they got are darts okay, lots of darts, yeah
0: I would think that for sure uh u a is that how you say u a uh u e or u a Yui. Inter-
1: interchangeably, people use that.
0: Okay, I'm going to say UA because Yui just sounds like Huey. <laughs> uh, UA reveals himself as a traitor and gives him Uh-oh. this peg poison tooth so that he can kill the Baron. So this dude's yeah. like, hey, I did this shit. My bad. Like, you're fucking dead. I need it to get my wife back. But here you go. Right. How about you right. kill this fucking Baron as your, like, literal dying breath? Yeah. And unfortunately, from this point on, Oscar Isaac is out of the movie.
1: Uh R.I.P. And he's like Very dead, dead,
0: dead. He's dead, dead, isn't he? He's dead, dead. God yep. damn it.
1: You don't come back from a poison tooth for <sighs> sure.
0: <laughs> well, only fucking bear. Oh my God. We'll get to there. Fucking rage at that shit. I was so excited when he thought he was dead. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Stellan Skarsgård. Got a good agent. <laughs> uh, so we get this. This is obviously the, uh, precip... not precipitation, the.
1: The climax of preceding- the. Proceeding.
0: No, when you proceed to an attack, this is the. Pre- What's it called? Something before? God damn. I can't tell. This Ciroc pomegranate is hitting me. <laughs> it's like preceding an attack. Whatever you call yeah. that when it's something preceding an attack. There you go. precipitation. It's Goddamn rain. Uh, the Harkonnens <laughs> invade. Uh, Gurney fights back. This is the first time I fully realized, hey, they're not using guns. Right. But I'm like, okay, nobody's using guns, so I'm going to mm. miss something <laughs> uh, to do it. Fighting hand to hand. Uh, it's hand-to-hand style, but they all get fucking murked. But Duncan is fucking people up to the point of yeah. where they like back away from him. <laughs> They're like, yep. Oh, you can just go now. If you're gonna leave, leave. <laughs> Don't kill me.
1: Yeah. Between Gurney and Duncan, you have two of the best fighters in the universe. And quite famously, two of the best fighters in the universe. So people know that. So like if, yeah, if I Duncan Idaho that. just like killed two of your yeah. friends and is charging at you, see, are you're, you're probably finally gonna
0: finally someone does that because in the And you know this as much as anybody, uh-huh. in the fucking Witcher, when fucking Geralt of Rivia – and I and at this point in the show and at that point in the books, he's not Geralt of Rivia yet, and he's not quite as renowned. Mm-hmm. But especially by the end of the books, so once you get to the games, I'm like, any of these mo- – but everyone knows what Witcher is. And it's, like, yes. two fucking, like, random people or random-ass soldier, step up and, like, I'm going to take down a witcher. It's, like, are you right. fucking stupid? No, you should see it and be, like, <laughs> uh, that's a witcher. I'm going to, like, hopefully he lets me run away. Right. Like, don't right. fucking fight a witcher.
1: Yeah. I'm not out here trying to arm wrestle, like, SEAL Team 6 guys at yeah, a bar, no. you know? Like, I know yeah. where I, I, I'm I at on the scale, and yeah. I'm not about to fuck with the scale. You're, like, yeah.
0: that 6'4", 220-pound <laughs> sack of muscles. Really pissing me off. I'm gonna go give him a piece of my mind. (laughs) Like no, no, yeah,
1: yeah. No, Duncan is that six four two twenty pack of muscle, and yeah, these these people are rightfully. I did
0: get that. I did get for some reason. Maybe they said. Maybe somebody name dropped it or something. I did get that Duncan was renowned. Yeah, maybe someone on the Harkonnens or the Empire might have said something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, the the line's not coming to me, but in in the book, it's very well established that he's a renowned
0: fighter. I did get that. The Baron did make a promise, though, to the Benny. I want to say Jesuits, but it's not Jesuit. That's the actual Catholic <laughs> right, order. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesuits. He, the Jesuits. Um. Yep. Now that you put that together, Jesuits, Jesuits. Interesting. Yep. Inspired by, for sure. Is Frank it Jesuits? Herbert, okay. There you it's go. it's like
1: a Jesuit inspired. or nice. Inspired by the Jesuits for sure.
0: I like the Jesuits. They seem to be the educated, cool Catholics. <laughs> as cool as it can be. That's what Pope Francis is. He came from the Jesuits. So oh, interesting. it explains why that. he's like that. Cause that's like very Jesuit. Ah, okay. Um, he did say that he would not harm or kill Jessica and Paul. So he just says, take him out to the desert to let him die of exposure. Mm-hmm. Oh, cause they said a truth teller. Is that a truth seeker? A, a truth sayer. Truth sayer. What are those? Yes.
1: So, this is just another
0: human lie detector. <laughs> Benny,
1: honestly, yes. Okay. like human lie. The Benny Jesuit, some of them are trained to detect li- lies, essentially. Okay, And so the Baron is afraid that he will be interrogated by one of the truth sayers. Yeah, same and as, the people, lies, the, same the, as people the people in
0: the copter. Same as the people in the copter. Yeah, they said exactly. the same thing. They're just getting around exactly. semantics. I like, got like, semantics in this world of Dune. other mm-hmm. uh, than know how to do it. But they take him out to the desert to die of exposure. Jessica immediately. Uh, persuades aggressively uh one of the yeah. men to kill the comrade and when she's freed she kills two of them uh and then they land the ship and it's just he kind of paul did something as well but she said he was too forceful and his right. voice he, he, he tried too to use the voice yeah. right he
1: tried to use that persuasion control mind control technique but he's obviously still learning it as we saw at the start of the movie
0: so he's he a, didn't
1: didn't use it correctly
0: he's a learning by uh, cause yeah, Timothy Chalamet, I think he's mid twenties, but he looks like 16. Like he's I very much, yeah. Him, I have a feeling he is taking all of the roles that, um, damn, Tom Holland, Tom Holland once. And I think they're just like, why would we hire you when we can hire Chalamet? <laughs> yeah. Timothy Chalamet?
1: Yeah. Timothy Chalamet's got that jawline, you know?
0: Well, yeah. And he's, you know, a, a better, well, I, Tom Holland is only get me like he's getting the marvel money like god bless him for generational sure. wealth he'll never have to work again his kids will never have to work again but it's just <laughs> like dude you're fucking peter parker man like
1: yeah it's going to be hard for him to break out of that mold it's like
0: he try, have you seen uncharted?
1: I haven't and i've been told that i shouldn't bother.
0: It's a movie it's a movie 100% <laughs> we're going to cover on the show cuz i've seen it, i've seen it like 3 fucking times no cuz i just oh, goodness l- I love any type of movie like that, a National Treasure type movie, Indiana Jones type movie. I'm gonna watch yeah. any of them that do that, even the fucking movie Sahara. All right, I watch that piece of shit. Uh-huh. I'm gonna watch him, but I'm gonna make fun of him. And it's fucking Mark Wahlberg as Sully. It's the worst casting you That's can imagine. Awful. What an awful casting. It is so awful. It's worse than because <laughs> he's not even trying to do anything other than be fucking Mark Wahlberg. Oh. They they have no chemistry together. By the way, I've seen I've seen this three times. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, he's just and he's trying so hard to be an adult. And I'm like, oh no, it's so sad. And then I see Timothy Chalamet here and I'm like, yeah, buddy, I think, you know, I think you're not gonna get those roles. I think he's got them all. Unless there's somebody he just takes pity on him. And he just passes because maybe he's busy or he's getting married or some shit. And then it's like, oh, we get Tom Holland. Tom Holland's like, This is my chance. I'm gonna get it.
1: I love it. I love this rivalry you've built up in your head between Tom Holland and Timothy. Shaw. Usually Schaume. with the rivalry, though,
0: <laughs> it can't be one-sided, and I feel this is like...
1: Yeah, you think Timmy's really winning. Wait, who's he?
0: Wait, who's Timothy? Sh- is he with somebody? No, Tom Holland's with Zendaya.
1: Tom Holland is with Zendaya, which is, is Tim- confusing for your rivalry. Cause it that...
0: really fucking is, because he, he wins <laughs> that. It, okay, she's not a prize. I take that back. Okay, I may actually fucking cut this, because I think I might have just been like... She's the prize for them. No, I didn't. Hey, it's not International (laughs) Women's Month anymore, is it? Okay, good. (laughs) You can't get me now. This is what happens when Lucy gets suspended and leaves. Again, some people may take that serious. She's not suspended. It's vacation. She's on vacation. All right, so shockingly – Uh, The Baron does not hold up to his end of the deal. And Leto bites down on the tooth and kills everyone in the room. I got so goddamn excited. Mm -hmm. But when these fucking hazmat uniform motherfuckers come in, the Baron is like floated to the ceiling and is like coughing. I was like, motherfucker, he's alive. Yep. He survives. God damn it. So did he survive? He put the shield up. Did, did, yes. I assume that was only like a physical thing, but then because he survived, I'm assuming that did help him. And is it because he's not like some kind of weird human? Did that also help him survive? No,
1: he he is human. Uh, it, it's a combination of he put his shield up right away and he floated to the top corner of the room, sort of away from where the core of the poison air was. And it's also the fact that Uh, literally the other people in the room really took the brunt of the hit for him. And so, yeah, just a combination of factors and also plot armor. He needed to survive. Well, I don't like it. (laughs) I don't
0: like – I want that – God, the grossest scene is coming up when he's in that fucking goo. Oh, yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah, the little oil bath.
0: Yeah, Paul and Jessica, Yeah, his little uh, culto tank. Uh, Paul and Jessica are rescued by Duncan, who brings them to Kynes, who set up this abandoned terraforming station occupied by a Fremen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not how you spell it there. Sardukar. That's not how it's spelled. This whole thing. This thing uh, was given to me. Just...
1: Yeah. No, you, you did a very admirable job with the script. Well, actually. it
0: just kept like changing, and I'm like, I'm sh- I should have just typed it in phonetically. If I was smart, that's what I would have done.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sardukar with an extra A in there. There you go. But...
0: Okay. The Sardukar track them, and they attack with. The Fremen. So they've kind of been helped by them?
1: No, I think you might have that mixed up. They yeah, I thought the, so too. the Fremen. They yeah, wipe out okay. the Fremen.
0: Because yeah. there was like nobody, but nobody else was like there. Oh, that one was there. They got killed right when he opened the door. When Duncan opened the door. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So the Sardaukar
1: yes. snuck in, wiped out the Fremen, and then started attacking the door. Okay, Paul was. yeah.
0: Attacks with them. This is – I always get it from like IMDB or Wikipedia, and then I just adjust it as needed. So I'm going to yeah. blame them, my plagiarizing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blame them just like the kids do to me. Uh, kills many of them. Duncan sacrifices himself.
1: Yeah, last stand.
0: And I was going to say if we don't see the body, we're okay, but we see his body, and I was mm-hmm. pissed. I was pissed. God the last stand of
1: Duncan Idaho. Legendary
0: warrior. Boo. All the fucking people I like are dying, and then Kinds <laughs> I started to like her, and then she fucking she's about to fucking die. Yep, yep. She gets eaten. Uh, but yet the, she uh he allows them to escape with this little sacrifice. I just love that he is just dead ass impaled by a fucking sword. Yep, and then pulls it out and then gets back to like a hundred percent strength. I'm like, okay, I guess they're <laughs> gonna do this that every movie does. We can suspend it because it's kind of cool, right? Right. But it's like. How can I believe he died? They should just lopped his head off. I'm not going to believe he's dead unless his head is fucking lopped off. Okay. No, no, no. I just mean – no, I mean until they actually did it. I just mean until – Oh,
1: you mean until they actually did it. Yes. Until they actually showed him
0: like his – you know, still in there. I'm like just cut his head off. If the dude can take an impalement by a sword, pull it out, and still fight and kill two of your elite Praetorian guards here. Right. Then it's like how about we just remove the head and then just cut out his heart just to be double sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's why they, they were
1: very out. intentional about making sure we saw him dead, dead, for sure.
0: Yeah, because people like me are like, is Jason Momoa coming back? They almost <laughs> have to do that now with everything out of order to be like, oh, is he coming back? Is he coming back? No, he's fucking dead. He's, he's dead. He's fucking dead. But yeah, Paul and Jessica free in this ornithopter, and Kynes gets mortally wounded. Mm-hmm. And I have a question on here that gets answered okay. later because we see it at the end. I was like, she pulls out these hooks, and I'm like, is she going to ride that fucking worm? Yeah. And then, yeah, at the, 100%. at the end, we see fucking a Freeman, a Freeman or someone, a Fremen, riding the worm. And I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, she's going to ride the fucking worm. I hope they That's show right. how somebody does that, because I don't know how they will be able to do that. They will. Perfect. Worm, but,
1: worm ride is a big scene in part two.
0: Oh, nice. And uh, we didn't get to see it here because she got fucking stabbed from behind. <laughs> and she does not have Duncan Idaho powers. She dies nope. pretty quick, but she kind of hits the little beat a little bit more, and that big-ass worm fucking swallows up these right. sadukan.
1: Pretty epic way for kinds to go, for sure. It
0: is. Uh, my next thing is very short. The Baron is goddamn disgusting.
1: Yep, that about sums it up.
0: He's in that little fucking pool. He's regenerating. Uh, do you know what the pool is? He can breathe underwater. Is he like a fucking no, or? um
1: Nope, that, I think that, the the little oil bath or whatever, is just a creative choice of the movie. Okay. And... Basically, it's just showing us that the Baron is okay and that he's recovering from the poison.
0: And yeah, we get Dave Batista. What was his name? Raban. Raban. He's kind of ranting, raving again. Doesn't do much, but uh, he's ordered to kill all the Fremen. Yep. So the sides are being drawn. Definitely, part one is uh, ratcheting <laughs> to an end. They know it's time to wrap up a little bit of things. Uh, <laughs> Paul and Jessica, the duo, they escape the storm. They find a catch of what I call Sub-Zero masks. Because <laughs> as soon <laughs> yes. as I, all I saw, yep. I was like, that's blue or yellow or green. It's Sub-Zero, Scorpion, or Reptile. Right. Good old and uh, they come face-to-face. This worm stops. Even the worm is like, oh, this is the chosen one. And all I have yeah. now is just game-recognized game, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, the worm is just like, oh, sub bro? Is this the Messiah? That's what's funny. Up, homeboy?
1: <laughs> that's funny that that's how you uh... – interpreted that scene uh, it, in the book it's pretty it's more clear that they they get to like a rocky outcropping where the worm like literally can't swim because the worms are most effective in. i kind of got land. that here they kind of
0: reached they, a little edge
1: yeah they, they basically reached a, a rocky yeah. edge and the worm got annoyed because it basically hit the the quote-unquote shore and couldn't go any further
0: okay it because the it was up there, kind of. There were no eyes, or not. I don't know if they look or they feel, or if it's just a complete sonarish thing. But it yeah. had like rhythmic thumping, or it said something as well, as if it was trying to communicate or something.
1: I see. Uh, no, I think that it's just this looks cool in a movie, okay. so they oh, hung on okay. that shot for a little bit just because it looks cool. If was, not, it was at least something extra you think going that. on there. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah.
0: Nothing actual. Damn. I always think it is. <laughs> but, uh, Stilgar, they run into Stilgar here. He leads this kind of band of Fremen who say that he can stay because he's a guy, but the woman gots to go. Yeah. We don't need no more women here.
1: No women allowed in this club. Boys, no only.
0: no girls allowed. Little rascals <laughs> here. This little spanky Stilgar. <laughs> we don't want your cooties. Yeah. But he goes to the fighter and she kicks his ass.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: And he's like, you could have told me you were a trained fighter. Right. Like, yeah. well, she's like, well, he didn't let me at the same time. Like, she knew she'd kick his ass. Uh, is Chani? Is that how Ch- Chani? Ch- Chani, okay. Chani
1: good. or Chaney? Okay, I mean, I, like, I, I literally, I, like I literally, we still get emails on the Gamjuvar podcast that people are annoyed that we call her Chani, really? Because I think technically it's Chaney is the correct pronunciation, but
0: it, but if it's a book, the only way a correct pronunciation can be said is if the author has said it. Has he said it?
1: He, there is like a, uh, in his notes after his death that were recovered, there is a pronunciation guide for some oh. of the characters and and Cheney is one of them and
0: so. did he never like give interviews or anything like that or talk about it
1: uh, I'm sure there's interviews out there where he says okay. Cheney as well oh, but the, okay. most people agree that it's Cheney but I literally for like since I was a teenager have said chaney in my head and okay. that's how I say it on the podcast and we get emails about it all the time.
0: <laughs> Shut up, nerds. Uh, I'm not going to say Chaney because I don't want to be reminded of fucking Dick Chaney. Like, I'm not right, going to keep right. saying Chaney. No, I don't. know. Yeah. Okay. So Chani, it sounds more exotic anyway.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A uh, more fantastical. I shouldn't say exotic because that might be the racial connotations. Okay, I'm sorry. Pull that back. Cut that. Cut that back. Uh, Chani <laughs> shows up. Uh, but Jameis, it is Jameis. I want to say Jameis, but it's Jameis. As Jameis, they say. right. Jameis says he will not have them at all especially that goddamn woman <laughs> especially uh his words not mine uh and invokes an amtal. yeah which what exactly is this i mean i know it's obviously some kind of challenge but yeah is so, it just someone you deem unworthy
1: uh no so so the theory of amtal is basically this fremen idea of pushing a thing to its limit and if it breaks it wasn't worthy and if it survives. Then it turns out it was worthy. Like a it is test the of ultimate the fittest. test. Okay. Exactly. So basically Jameis is saying, I don't think that kid is the Messiah. I don't think that woman is going to be useful to us. I'm declaring omtal We need to push them to the limit, aka knife fight to the death. And only if they defeat me and survive are they worthy to join us.
0: He kind of challenges Stilgar too, doesn't he?
1: I mean, he's certainly going against Stilgar's orders. Stilgar is the leader. Yeah, here.
0: that's what I got. He's saying, like, look, I made my decision. Let's go. And he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm doing yeah. this. So to yeah. me, it's like you might have to challenge him if you beat you know, Jessica or champion, which brings me to that question. Why couldn't he? Why couldn't she fight?
1: Uh, Plot reasons, probably.
0: Oh, OK, because they might have said it and I might have been jamming down notes. But Paul, like, he's like, who's the champion? I'm like, well, why couldn't? If you're challenging her, why can't she fight? Why does he need a champion?
1: On one level, we just needed like a
0: moment for him. Paul to rise yeah. to the
1: occasion, right? We need our hero to do something cool.
0: Um, but that's what I don't get. Why didn't he just challenge Paul then? Why not just have him challenge Paul? Be like, I don't think you're the Messiah. Right, Let's fucking right. fight. Like, why? I don't know. I'm I'm just yeah. asking. I'm not actually like, rah, 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 I'm yeah. just yeah, curious.
1: No, to- totally. I think it is, it is a little confusing about like, because even when the movie came out on our podcast, we had listeners being like, why couldn't Paul just be like, actually, my mom's going to fight for me. She's a hundred she, times more trained. And she than I just am. showed like what
0: she could, she just beat as, yeah. as Jameis says, he just beat, she just beat the leader like
1: right easily. Right. So she's clearly, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think the movie is a bit more confusing in the book. It's much more clear. Like Jameis is literally like, fuck you. I don't think you're the Messiah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to knife fight you now. And that's basically his reason.
0: Okay. And maybe they did say it, and I just – like I said, I was just jamming down a bunch of stuff in there. All right, so Chani gives him the Chris knife, which apparently is pretty goddamn common as we've seen like three of these motherfuckers. (laughs) I mean they got a lot of teeth in there, and maybe – They do. I guess – Don't spoil it. Maybe they'll show us later on how they maybe get Mm -hmm. one of these fucking teeth. But I'm just curious. I guess if you're writing, you just run up to the mouth and just – I don't know, it doesn't seem like something you can just pick off, but right. they had them. Stilgar had one, so it's just like a lot of people tend to have them, but I guess it's a big ass tooth. You can just make a lot of fucking knives out of it. Uh That's but true. gives it to him. Paul is more than ready for this fight, is the point Stilgar's like, is he toying with him? She's like, No, he yeah. just doesn't want to kill him. And he's like, no, nah, bro, got to kill him. It's fight to the death. And it's he eventually, all and he eventually does. And he kills Jameis.
1: That's right. Paul's first ever kill.
0: First kill, but I'm assuming not the last.
1: Yeah. Well, if his visions come true, definitely not dun, the dun, last. Dun.
0: Uh, and then one of us, one of us. He's now <laughs> a Fremen. And it's just, I don't know, it's kind of weird just desert power as they see, like, the um, the guy riding yeah. the, the worm. Desert power. And then we get, I was about to say Zendaya telling us, <laughs> Chani telling us this is only the beginning. I
1: honestly, I I talked about this in our our podcast review of this movie as well. But I just like laughed at that line because it's such a turn Zendaya turned to the camera. Oh, yeah. This is only part one. Hey, audience. Stay tuned for part two. You know, audience (laughs) out there,
0: this is part one. Because I did see, (laughs) I did see when they made this movie, part two was not greenlit, that it wasn't guaranteed. It was going to be based on sales and reception. But it was greenlit like the Tuesday after, or like within a few days of it.
1: Yeah, it was greenlit very quickly after the studio realized like, oh, I think we have a hit on our hands. But a lot of studios were very cautious because of pandemic times. Like Dune was actually delayed a whole year because of the pandemic. And so, yeah, it it was like a tumultuous time in the theater and uh, movie industry. And so they were not greenlighting stuff. And Denny Villeneuve himself. Literally didn't know if he would get to finish the movie and make a part two.
0: And he did Blade until, Runner, right? Until it
1: came out. He did Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. He did Sicario, I believe.
0: Yeah, but Blade Runner was a huge – I've heard it's great. I haven't seen it. I'll admit that. It's i heard so it's great.
1: Good. One, of Honestly, one of my favorite films. Yeah,
0: but it was a borderline bomb, if not a bomb. Like, it did not do yeah. well commercially at all. Yeah.
1: And I think that's something the studios the were of afraid of as well. It, it's yeah. like Den- Denny Villeneuve is a very, like, capital A artist – sort of director right like arrival was his big thing
0: yeah arrival arrival
1: right so he he's big on sci-fi he's big on like heady big picture stuff and very artistic films and sometimes that lands sometimes that doesn't and i think they were waiting to see what happens before making a call but now we know for sure that dune part two is coming out
0: dune part two but that is dune part one we've kind of already heard (laughs) do you recommend this what do do you think it was good
1: um, you know, I'd say, Brett, I, I, I'd say I like this movie. Just a little bit. And I'd bit. say everyone should watch it.
0: <laughs> no, I, I tell you what, I was, um like, it, it isn't one of those things. I never would have watched this movie if it wasn't for this. You know, when we were getting guests on, I was like, hey, Dune, something that I know some of our listeners have talked about. I'm like, fucking boo, no shit yeah. out of that. That'll be perfect. And when I was watching it, like I said, it was a ton of exposition, ton of information at the beginning. But once I kind of weathered it, if you will. When it hit into, you know, what they were doing and you get out into the city, I'm not the city, when you get out kind of into the sand and everything, I was kind of hooked on it. And then it was this kind of, like you said, this colonialization in there when it's like, clearly Oscar Isaac Leto is trying to do the right thing, but inherently my anti-imperialist, anti-colonial mind is like, (laughs) but it's true. It's like you, like they said, you're going to take this stuff. You're exploiting in a sense. Now, if you can just leave them alone, that's fine. In this world, in real life, you can't. You can't do it. How is that going to work? Mm-hmm. It's like that can't work. You can't just do that and not uproot these people's lives. And now, this the Hanakin, fucking what's their name? Harkenin, her- Harkenin, Harkenin, harken
1: Harkenin. Harkenins
0: Harkin yeah. now have invaded for this spice, for that, and now you've brought this trouble to this Fremen who want no yeah. fucking part of it. And I, again, like I said, that's me putting my own little viewpoint yeah. on it when I take out of it. That was you, super. You know intriguing. what's
1: hilarious? That is exactly the viewpoint of the book.
0: Okay, perfect. <laughs> then they, then they hit it on the head. They did exactly what they were trying to to get.
1: Yeah, uh, I think the movie is like takes on some of these really heavy concepts and complicated ideas about colonialism and power and manipulation and abuse of power and leaders and really like. Properly sells it, I think, because the book gets into this idea. There's a whole scene in the book that's not in the movie where Leto is talking to Paul about how tired he is and how guilty he feels that he has to like put propaganda out onto Arrakis so that everyone knows he's the leader now and they have to know that he's in charge. He hates the propaganda bullshit he has to do. He hates, he's like tired of being the leader that he, you know, playing the leader all the time. Um, There's some like heavy stuff in the book about just like no one really hears the good guy, right? Because like all of the people in the Empire, the Harkonnens, the Atreides, the Emperor, colon- colonialists—like they're they're all here subjugating the Fremen over and over and over and over, and over to get to oil slash spice. Um, so I- I'm glad you picked up on those themes because it's it that's a core part of the book, and I think the movie did a good job of translating some of those ideas.
0: No, they did it. It was great looking. You know, any Denny Villeneuve cool. cinematography Burgess. is just going to be. Yeah, you like spot must watch
1: on. Blade Runner. Uh
0: You know what? We I need, need to, to hear do... what you think of Blade well, Runner. Well, we need to do that because, like, Lucy's super fucking into cyberpunk, like all in that sense. So it just makes sense oh, my goodness. to do that because I haven't seen the first Blade Runner since I don't know. I was like a fucking, oh, definitely a teenager. Like yeah. last century, I'll say the last time I saw Blade Runner, <laughs> and I haven't seen because I was on a huge Harrison Ford kick because of fucking Han Solo and all that shit. You know, Indiana Jones, Indiana Star Jones. Wars. I was like anything with fucking Harrison Ford, I'm gonna watch it. And so I watched it, and I was again, I was like 15 years old and really fucking weird. I didn't fully get it at all. I don't remember <laughs> a thing about it. So that would be something definitely to do, uh, sometime. But yeah. Thanks again for coming on your Dune expertise. Of course. You answered a lot of my questions. I feel again, more knowledgeable in this Dune mindset. I'm actually super looking forward to the sequel. Does it come out in October? No, it, November, November of 2023. Yeah. Okay. Yep. November. Perfect. But again, thanks for coming on. Go ahead, plug anything. Let us know where we can find you.
1: So as I mentioned earlier, Gamjabar podcast is my Dune podcast that I co-produce and co-create with my friend leo and we cover everything Dune there so we get into like super niche dune lore stuff that's not even in the books that's in like expanded materials we get into the tv shows so there's actually a movie from 1984 that's fucking awful david lynch some
0: people people maybe. i know controversial
1: take controversial (laughs) take among dune fans but i hated it no he Uh, says it's
0: all no i just saw a thing from he says it's awful too because he didn't have the final cut
1: Yes. Yeah. David Lynch also was mad about how he was forced to make that movie in a different way. It wasn't his vision. Uh, And then there's a sci-fi channel miniseries, a three-episode miniseries, and then another three-episode miniseries that covers some of the sequel Dune books. We get into all of that on Gamjabar. So if you're interested in Dune, if you're interested in learning about it, check it out. Um, You can go to loreparty.com, which is our network of shows. And uh, you can check out Gamjabar from there and find it on your favorite podcast platform. And I will say, I I think something that I'm quite proud of is that the show, we make the show as accessible as possible for new readers, new listeners, anyone who's new to Dune. So you don't have to come in knowing about Dune already. We literally have like chapter by chapter read-along episodes to help guide you through the book that you read along with us. Totally no spoilers. We make sure that you experience the book for the first time as it should be experienced. So everyone is welcome. Check it out, Jabbar. And uh, I appreciate you inviting me on the show too. It was really nice to chat with you, Brett. It's been too long since we've geeked out together.
0: It has been, but no, we will definitely, if we, maybe if we do a special one, we need to get Lucy to watch this one. And then maybe when the new one comes out. We can do a, special, yeah, I'd love to do part
1: two. I'd love to come, uh, back. Just
0: to come on, but just, I know we've had a couple good listeners, good longtime listeners who have just read the book. So yes, absolutely anybody out there, check out Gom Jabbar for all your Dune needs. Uh, I'll links below. You can find us or Patreon or on the path. The Discord is the main place to get a hold of me. All the socials down there. I pretty much nuked all of my social media to private because <laughs> students found it. Uh, so find me in the Discord and all that fun stuff there. And uh until next time when we have another special guest and another special episode it'll be my last of the summer before Lucy takes over with hers we'll see ya